Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey everybody, this is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. It's Friday, October 30th as we record this episode and I can't believe I'm looking out at several inches of snow on the ground and it's still coming down fast and furiously. Who knew? October 30th, it's still fall. We haven't even raked all the leaves in our yard yet and now we have to shovel snow. Yikes. So we got the elections coming up next week, the pandemic and, and now snow. What, what else can uh, make this world more stressful? These are stressful times. Absolutely. I hope you are doing well. I'm thinking of all of you during this pandemic. We're all hunkering down. I'm hunkering down in my home office here in Sudbury, Massachusetts, about to record episode 115 of my podcast. Totally psyched about how far we've come with the journey of this podcast. And today, a special guest, my special guest is Chris Russo. Chris is principal of his own firm, Russo Strategic Partners. And I met Chris about a year ago or so at a Boston College AMA event. I think that's when we met Chris. And um, I'm so, we talked last week, we, we've stayed in touch and you've done some amazing things for having just recently graduated, I believe in 2019. I'm so, so impressed. And I know our audience is gonna be impressed to hear your whole story. So as usual, my first question to my guest, Chris, the floor is yours. Tell everybody about yourself. Thank you. Well, first, thank you, Bob, so much for having me on, on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And it was so great to meet you at that AMA event almost a year ago now in Boston at Boston College talking all about Gen Z, which is one of my fascinations. So I hope we get to talk about that at some point today as well. Um, yeah, a little bit about myself. So I actually graduated from Boston College back in 2019. So I've been out of school for not even two years yet. Um, and uh, recently, I opened my own consulting business, Russo Strategic Partners, where I help brands elevate their online presence at a time where everybody's looking at your brand online. And I think where you know I'm most helpful to people is kind of repositioning, remessaging, and providing them refreshed kind of social media and engagement, virtual engagement strategy uh, uh, during these times. And that's how I've been helpful to people so far. And uh, I've really enjoyed enjoyed the work that I'm doing, and excited to share more with you today. Awesome, Chris. Ridiculously awesome. And, and I have to ask, did you come out of Boston College thinking, I'm going to have my own business? Is this something you, I mean, not that many folks right out of college have their own business and position themselves as you have, as a, a, a you know, you, you come across as someone who's, who's been around the block a couple times, yet, you know, you are fairly new to the professional world again, kudos and props, but, but how did this all come about? Your own business, only one or so years, one, one and a half years out of college. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's a great question. I mean, when I was in college, I actually thought I wanted to be a TV producer and uh, I had several internships in, in TV production positions. I worked at CBS news for a while, interned at Samantha B and her late night show, uh, worked at Viacom for a little while as like a production assistant. Uh, moving around boxes and setting up lights and, and preparing sets for different reality shows, which was really interesting. And that was actually the path I thought I wanted to go down for a while. Um, 
And what I loved about it was the, the ability to collaborate with so many people and, and to create a really awesome product that really resonated with the audience. I mean, CVS and Viacom are such iconic brands. So the ability to work there was fantastic. And I keep in touch with everybody there that I work with. Um, but I eventually decided to pivot a bit because I didn't feel like there was enough growth opportunity, specifically in production, but also at these giant brands. It's just really, really slow going. And I'm somebody who has kind of that entrepreneurial spirit and felt like I needed to kind of break out and do some things on my own. So after kind of pivoting away from sort of the production space, I landed a job at a, at a PR agency um, and worked there for a little while. Um, and actually part of what I did there, which I think we'll talk more about, is launching a daily live web show amid, amid the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, which was such a, um, you know, being thrown right into the fire experience, but it taught me so much that actually it's part of the reason that I decided to open my own business because of all the skills that I, that I learned there. Um, so really my story is one of being self-taught. I think I've taught myself a lot of things. I haven't had a ton of um, training and how to do lots of different things. I taught myself how to film. I taught myself how to edit, uh, taught myself social media tools. I mean, I grew up with social media, so kind of self-taught in that way too. And with so digital native. Natural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was only natural for me to, uh, to kind of branch off and do my own, own consulting thing, yeah. No, extremely impressive, Chris. And, and you and I have a, a few things in common, uh, despite, despite how much older I am than, than you. I, I immediately was, was struck by your, your ambition and, and, and talent and, and, and maturity. And I think back to when I got out of grad school, how I got my first job. I didn't start my own business then, but I always thought I would have my own business someday. And I did in the 90s and I do now. But, but what we have in common, uh, when I went to grad school, I looked at, so I went for television and, and thought I was gonna go into broadcast. Finally, here I am using some of those skills, broadcasting a, a podcast, but, but this was television. And, and before podcasts probably even existed way, way back, early 80s. But I had a ton of writing experience for my hometown newspaper, for college newspapers, and I had done some freelancing. That's how I got my, my, my first job at RCA Direct Marketing in the early 80s. Cause, so I had the graduate, the master's degree in television, but I didn't go into that field. I went into to copywriting as a direct marketer at RCA Direct Marketing because I had that freelance experience. And what you're telling me, I think I'm hearing, is you have had a ton of experience already, a lot of it self-taught, and, and you've gone after it and seized the opportunities. And, and that's led you to, to starting your own business. And again, not, I don't think many one or two years out of college, uh, individuals start their own business. So how is it going so far? You, I'm curious, what kind of projects and, and clients have you been working on? Yeah, you know, it's going well. And I think really the reason the opportunity came across was with this pandemic. And I think while this pandemic has been uh, really tough on, on the country and the world, um, you know, at the same time, I always try to look at things as half glass full. And uh, it, it's opened kind of a lot of new doors and new opportunities for, for everybody. Here's my... <laughs> there we go. Yeah, half full. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, I try to look at half glass full and say, you know, I think there's been a lot of new doors and opportunities that have opened. And so while I was working at the agency producing this daily live web show, over 40 episodes. Yeah, talk about that, please. Views, yeah, it was, it was um, you know, 
learning on the job quite literally. I mean, I don't think many of us had really used Zoom that extensively. We did client meetings in person, mm -hmm. traveled around, you know, so we were learning on the job quite literally, all of us as a team. And so I was kind of quickly put into this project manager position where I was responsible for every element of the show, whether it was the back end technical production, the guest booking and scheduling, the coordination, the social media strategy, the PR strategy. We ended up getting uh, mentioned in Forbes, which was really great for the show as well and helped elevate our, our audience. Kudos. Kudos to you and the agency for pulling that off so successfully, Chris. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And it, I mean, don't, don't kid yourself. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, a lot of late nights, a lot I'm of- I'm sure. Weekends. I'm sure. But, you know, with that, um, I felt really prepared to kind of move on to, to, to kind of new things. And really the way that the, the consulting business came about and, and what I'm working on now is that at the same time I was working in the agency, I was also running this group called the Boston College Media Alumni Network, which is uh, an alumni affinity group that connects BC alumni who have careers in marketing, media, and communications. And uh, the group was started by me about a year and a half ago. It's not sponsored by or affiliated with BC. It's kind of separate from the school. Um, but we've done in-person networking events. Now we're doing Zoom events and, and inviting on some really awesome guests to, to speak to the community. And it was through that, I was producing this web show, I was producing my own BC web show, and the BC alumni started coming to me and saying, hey, I really liked this, this show that you did. Can you help me boost my online presence, help me launch a, a YouTube show? Or, hey, you know, I really like the social media graphic that you did. Can you help me refine my branding and, and graphics a little bit? And so, the opportunities came really organically and I wasn't expecting them, but it was just in putting myself out there and just creating that those opportunities kind of came to me. And it got to a point where I was getting so many project requests that I was like, do you know what? Maybe it makes sense to finally commit to this thing and put it all under this consulting business. Um, Boom. And, and the rest will be history, Chris. Uh, you have such a fantastically bright career ahead of you. And, and again, only a year and a half out of, out of Boston College, not even a year and a half, right? Just a little over a year. <laughs> and, you know, you are great, and I can attest to this firsthand, at, at, at building professional relationships. Because I, you know, I went to this event, I'm past president of AMA Boston, the, the, the American Marketing Association, Boston's chapter, and we had an event at Boston College and, and geez, what was that last fall or winter? I don't remember exactly. That's how we met. And you stayed in touch with me. I stayed in touch with you. It's a perfect example of how to do the networking thing. I, full disclosure, transparency, even reached out to you recently asking you for advice as a consultant. You were kind to give me some free advice. Hey, maybe we'll work together someday on on you know, some, for some other client, or, or maybe you'll be doing some work for me, because I could use your help. I asked you about my YouTube channel and how I could optimize that and get more subscribers. So what I'm saying is, is you're great at building relationships. You've developed one with me and me with you. I feel so fortunate to know you. What is the, the secret? What, what have you learned about building relationships and what kind of advice can you give to others uh, in terms of, hey, meeting people who, who might be able to do something for you and vice versa. Right, yeah. I, I think it's really all about providing and demonstrating your value consistently, right? So with you, always happy to give you advice and feedback from my perspective, whatever it's worth. Always, always willing to pick it's up- It's worth a ton. And help, yeah. And so I do that with lots of other people. I mentor students and coach students about how they break their way into sort of the media communication space because I've been through that within the last only two years. Um, you know, and I also have uh, mentors of mine, many of which happen to be BC alumni through the group that I formed, but I have some, you know, other mentors as well. 
that you know those relationships were formed because I was consistently providing them value, whether I was introducing them to other people, uh, providing them tips on how they can up their social media or online game, uh, uh, checking in with them on a personal level and saying, hey, I know your daughter just got back to school, right? What does that look like? Consistently being there, not always asking for something, but actually giving something and being a resource where people, if somebody needs help or they want something or they're looking to catch up, you're one of the first three people on their list because you've been in their inbox so much and have been so helpful to them. So I would say demonstrate your value in any way that you can. And I, even when I coach students, I talk about how they can do this. It's difficult when you're a student to say, oh, let me, you know, introduce you to this big wig person here. You can't, but you know what, you can always provide your perspective on, you know, what's going on, whether it's marketing to Gen Z or, or, or otherwise, um, monitoring the news, uh, you know, if your friend that, you know, you would like to be your mentor works at Condé Nast, for example, send them, oh, I saw, you know, you guys recently released this series. Have you been involved with this? Like, just continuously being in front of that person and being engaged and showing them your value. That's the way to, I think, build really great professional relationships. And ones that are authentic, where when your name comes up in their inbox, it's not, oh, is this kid asking for something again? It's, I really want to click on this because I want to reconnect or connect again with, with this person. Yeah, and you, you made a good point um, among many in what you, in your answer there, give, give to others, provide value. And in my experience, and I'm sure you've learned this already, quid pro quo, it will come back to you in most cases. I mean, that's, that's networking, that's life personally and professionally. That's, that's how to do it, Chris. Um, you, you show people that you're there to help them, support them, give what you have, and you said for what it's worth, what your advice, your support means a ton to me. And it, I'm sure, means a ton to, to everybody in your network. And it's going to come back to you and in, in, then some uh, over time. Tell me about the goals for Russo Strategic Services. What, what are your goals and objectives three years, five years down the road? Is this mm -hmm. something that you want to do the rest of your career? Or is this just something you're, if you will, dabbling in until something else happens? Yep. So Great. just, yeah, just curious, if you don't mind. Yeah, and I want to circle back to your original question, which I'm not sure I fully answered about what projects I'm working on now, and then okay. I'm get yeah. kind of yeah. future steps, which is, so because of the experience I had at the agency producing this kind of web show, I realized there's such a value to putting yourself and your brand out there, whether it's through a virtual event, a, a live web show, or even a podcast, right? There are so many opportunities for thought leadership, so many opportunities for business development, um, social strategy of growing your audience. It's all right there. And what I noticed is that, 80 or 90% of companies or brands doing it now are doing basically Zoom webinars with PowerPoint presentations <laughs> from their mm -hmm, you know, marketing mm -hmm. about, here's what we've been up to, or here are trends in the industry. And as far as I can see, those things aren't landing. They're not resonating with audiences and they're not demonstrating the value that I think that their audience deserves. So a lot of what I've been helpful to with my clients, my clients have been uh, career consultants, I've worked with a PR consultant. I'm working with an up-and-coming streetwear clothing brand, helping them refine their, their online presence as well. It's all about how are you, again, demonstrating your value through these mediums. I mean, everybody's on their screen all day. So how are you producing a virtual event that's actually engaging, that's actually landing? And we could talk more about sort of my high-level ideas for you know, what that means or what that can look like. But So I've been doing a lot of coaching and also branding and implementation of virtual events and live web shows uh, for a lot of my clients. And they've seen some really great results so far, which is really promising. So it goes to show when you do it right, there's really great return on it. It's definitely uh, worth the investment. 
as to your question about kind of future and next steps, you know, I'm always living in the moment and doing what I think is most important now. I mean, if there's one thing that COVID taught us is that, you know, you never know what's going to happen the next year. You can have a five-year plan, but it can be disrupted at, at the drop of the hat. And so, you know, while I'm really enjoying the, the consulting thing now and, and, and love it, I think there definitely is opportunity for me in the near future to work at a, at a full-time position uh, with a team because I do like working with other people. Um, and I think there's a lot left for me to learn. I mean, I'm only 23. And so there's definitely something to be said about working for a company and with a team that there's so much to learn there. And so um, I'm definitely leaving my options open for that in the future. But, you know, as it stands now, the consulting thing is going, you know, pretty well. And uh, I think I've kind of found my niche and, and the value that I can provide to people. So uh, for now, I'm, I'm sticking with that. I love your, your spirit, your attitude, um, Chris, and, and, from someone who has been around the block many, many times, as you know, I have said to people, if you can do it on your own, you're going to be a superstar for, for somebody else. Because doing it on your own means you're wearing many hats and, and you, you're earning your own salary. You're, you're your own boss. It, that, that's the upside, but it's also the downside. And again, having done it for seven years in the 90s and now having done it for the last three or four years myself, I, I even did a video somewhere on YouTube uh, where, where I need to optimize my channel and get more subscribers and more viewers of this video. But it was something like, can you go it alone? And you are demonstrating, again, at age 23, that you can do it, go it alone. And any employee, you're going to get scooped up at some point when you want to be scooped up by the company of your choice because they're going to say, OMG, look at the experience this, this guy has um, at, at such an early stage in his career. That, that's my feeling, Chris. It's, that's going to happen to you when you want it to happen to you because it will be your choice. Um, you know, my kids are uh, about your age. My son, Ben, is coming home from UMass Amherst today for, for the weekend uh, short visit, and, and he's a senior at UMass Amherst. So, uh, and he's already got a job lined up. So, so I... Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic uh, in terms of his career future as, as, as well. Um, let me, I'm digressing. Let me get back to some, some specific questions um, about how do you market yourself? How do you promote yourself? Do you use social media? How are you getting these clients? Mm -hmm. Especially during the pandemic, we can't go out in public and exchange business cards like, like, like how I first met you and shake hands and, yeah. and, and, you know, so, what are you doing to drum up business? Yeah, well, you know, I think one thing that's been very beneficial to me is all those kind of professional relationships I've built through my kind of alumni networking group. I think that was the first wave of support when I announced my business. I, had, I got such overwhelming support and so many LinkedIn messages and emails and texts from people saying, I want to help you. Like, this is incredible. And so that was really meaningful to me and really touched me. And, um, you know, I think that has been such a huge help for me. But outside of that, I think it's really important to, shamelessly put yourself out there and it's not in a way that's you're selling somebody something but again it's a way in which you're demonstrating your your value and how you can help people get a return on using you know your services it's also about putting your face on everything which bob something you do really well and i have <laughs> all my clients because i have a few clients who are also consultants that are a bit hesitant to go and yeah. walk out in boston or whatever city they're in and put their face put their face in the instagram story and linkedin but especially if you're a consultant um, whether you're a career consultant, a therapist, a health and wellness coach, whatever you might be, people are paying you because they want to work with you. 
And so if they can't see who you are, what you sound like, what your philosophy is on your work, they're not going to even invest for your, you know, free consultation call that you're promising because yep. they haven't seen enough of you yet. And by the way, that's especially true for people in my generation. We are, uh, you know, so time, such time constraints. We, we have such a short attention span, right? We want to be able to go on your Instagram, your TikTok, whatever, and hear a few sound bites from you and go, okay, either I align with this person and I want to further work with them, or, or maybe they're not the right fit for me. And if you have none of that on your profile, you're not putting your face out there, there's so many missed opportunities. So that's something I'm trying to do more with my brand, but I advise a lot of other people to do. And you do it. You're one of the people I always reference when I talk to people, people who do that so well. Love that. And Chris, you have started to become, since we've gotten to know each other better, one of the people I mention and will definitely mention more in the future when I talk about folks who, who aren't shy and you, you can't be in this day and age if you want to have your own business and who are willing to take risks and who aren't hesitant to, to put their face on their brand. And that's one of my expressions, put a face on your brand and, and a smile on your face because yeah, <laughs> we both got the smiles. Um, that's important. And I agree, it's amazing how many very successful senior level executives, big brands, businesses are afraid to, to put their face on their brand, are afraid to go in front of the camera or behind a microphone. And, you know, there's many reasons for that. Some are just plain nervousness and, and or shyness, but I think they're also afraid to say the wrong thing, make a mistake, disclose some proprietary secret. So they want, they're very protective to the point of being overprotective. And the fact is in 2020, especially during this pandemic, you have to get out there and, and use social media. I'm partial to it, of course, but you have to use Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, et cetera, in my mind, to, to market yourself in, in this day and age. And young and old alike, it's not necessarily comfortable for, for everybody. And, and you, Chris, and myself, we're, we're, we're fortunate that we are comfortable doing it. Yeah. But I know from my experience and I, know from the more I get to know you from your experience, we worked hard to, to create that comfortability that we have in front of the camera and behind the microphone. Am I, am I right about yourself? Right. I, you know, it's funny because again, I wanted to be a TV producer for a number of years. I never wanted to be in front of the camera ever. I hated up until basically a year ago, I hated the sound of my voice. I hated the way that I looked. And I was very open about that. And so much so that I didn't want to, I would never do something like this two years ago. I mean, really, I would be like, you know, who am I to be on a camera and talk to like, you know, but I think again, COVID really changed that in which I was on video calls all the time. I was hosting live events all the time. And I became a lot more comfortable with, I got a lot more self-confidence, became a lot more confident in myself. And I even received compliments. And that's what really stuck with me. Yep. I'll never forget one event that I did for the BC Media Alumni Network with, was with Leslie Visser, who is- uh, yeah the most notable female sports broadcaster of, of all time. And Absolutely. Think, Rockstar Hall of Fame, et yes. cetera, et cetera, in, in my she mind. She just won her lifetime sports Emmy uh, this past summer. So uh, she really is, yeah, Hall of Fame. I yeah. mean, that's, you know, if, if you will. I mean, that's, she's a legend. Yeah. She, yeah, complete legend and also happens to be an alum of my alma mater. And so I had her on the show to talk about what it's like to win the award and, and what the state of sports is now. Had her on a live chat for 30 minutes, hung up. Five minutes after we got off, she called me and she said, Chris, 
you have such a great voice for broadcast. You should really consider going into broadcast. <laughs> and I said, Leslie, I said, I really appreciate that compliment means the world. I have no interest in broadcast, but I'll never forget to receive a compliment from that caliber of, of a broadcast. Mm -hmm. That really instilled in me the confidence that, you know what, I can do this. And you, have, you just have to keep putting yourself out there and putting your face on things. And that's, again, what I encourage my clients and people that I work with to do. You just have to start, right? You can't be tied up and worrying about it and thinking about it and going in circles, just put yourself out there and it's going to get easier and easier as you do it. Totally agree. And, and I know you have friends in high places because uh, besides the Leslie Visser story, I, I know because I have my second monitor on over here, but I've seen it before. You have also met Gail King. Am I correct? <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I didn't work with her directly very much while, while I was at CBS News, but we actually got to meet at an event uh, at one time, and, and we have some mutual friends, so I got to chat with her a little bit, and she's one of my favorite broadcasters, um, another legend, and a uh, big fan of Gail and her entire brand. Yeah, so she's the, for folks who don't know, you should look up Chris Russo on LinkedIn, and you'll see Gail King and, and next to you and your, your, your cover photo, the, the the banner at the top of your LinkedIn page. It's a great photo, Chris. It, you know, what I sense, and again, I'm speaking from experience, is you, you, you're good at meeting people. That's important. You have overcome. So like I said, you know, they say something like success in my, see if I get this right, is when preparation meets opportunity, something like that, or luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So, you know, you and I, I you know, let's say we're lucky that we're comfortable in front of the camera, behind the microphone, but we prepared. And what you're saying again, Chris, the more I get to know you, I'm telling you, the more we have in common, despite the age gap, because I too, back when I was around your age, was not comfortable in front of a camera or, or behind a microphone. I had to overcome the, the fear of public speaking, if you will, or the fear and, and, and just low self-esteem, you know, hey, I'm not good enough to to, to do that. I don't deserve that opportunity. And you have to push through that. You have to work at it. You have to build your confidence, get feedback, but whether it's positive or negative feedback, push on through because exactly. if you want it, you'll get it. And again, what I've seen, the evolution of marketing, just the evolution of our world period, success nowadays, it's what you know, and it's who you know, but it's also how you project yourself. I mean, you know, the gift of gab, they used to say, you know, people who are able to talk, you know, now it's people are able to talk, but people are able to talk on camera, behind mm -hmm. the microphone, who, who are able to show their face on social media, express their opinions in writing. Communication skills, period, are critical when you think about it to success in so many fields. Do, do, do you agree? Uh, any thoughts on that? I agree totally. I mean, I was, I wrote for my college newspaper, similar to you, I think, and that's, <laughs> yeah. right. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think that's really important, but I like what you were saying about how, you know, sometimes we have the self-talk that tells us, you mm -hmm. and I think the number one threat to you and anybody's success is yourself. That's the number one threat. And I'm sure Oprah or somebody or Gail has said that in the past, and I don't want to co-op something that somebody else has said, but I truly believe that. And, and I've experienced that myself of voices in my head saying, well, who are you to, open a bit. Who are you? You're too young. You're too this. You're, you're, you're going to always have these voices in your head. But if you just say, you know what, I'm just going to go out on a limb and I'm going to do it and prepare and work hard. 
it's, it's success is only going to come your way. And I'm sure there'll be downfalls, there'll be hiccups, you know, there'll be things that you don't expect, but you learn from all those opportunities. And I think, again, if you just put yourself out there and you just create success, success is bound to happen. That's, that's what I've learned so far in my short time doing this. No, no, total, totally agree. You know, I do motivational videos and a lot of what we're, we're saying, it, it's a common thread aligned perfectly with, with you said Oprah and, and others, yes, other thought leaders, other successful people, anyone who, who is able to embrace these positive thoughts and is ambitious and wants to overcome, we, we learn this, a lot of it, unfortunately, you know, the, the hard way, but we learn it and then we try to share it with others to, to help them. And again, kudos to you for at such a young age. Um, you've learned some of the things that took me, you know, decades. Um, longer, um, you know, maybe in my 30s and 40s, I started to learn some of what you're learning in, in your 20s. Chris, I asked you about promoting your business. Um, and we talked, you know, it's a lot about putting yourself out there. But specifically, I'm curious, I think I could answer part of this, uh, but I don't want to take words out of your mouth, meaning I, I know you're active on social media, I see you there. But tell the audience, whoever's watching and listening, everybody who's watching and listening, what social media channels do you use? What do you like about, say, Twitter or LinkedIn? Or what's your favorite one? Any, any thoughts around that? What, what channels are you partial to and not? So I, I really use them all. As, and when I say them all, I mean probably the popular ones you think of, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and of course, TikTok, which I want to talk about too. Ah, love um, it. And, and each has its own benefit. You know, when I'm looking for... Um, news and updates, I'll probably go to Twitter because that's just who I'm following on Twitter. Uh, uh, you know, when I'm looking to escape the world and try not to think about a lot of things, I'll go to Instagram because it's mostly pretty pictures. But honestly, more recently since, you know, uh, the, the COVID pandemic and the, the uh, you know, protests for racial justice, Instagram has become a, a place where people are sharing news information. I don't mm -hmm. think it was that way as much five years ago. But today, you can't avoid it. It's there. And I think that's actually a really good thing. Uh, and it's a tool for social justice, which I think is mm -hmm. great. Um, my, my favorite, though, is TikTok. Um, and, you know, I'm Gen Z through and through. I was born in 97. So I'm right on the borderline between Gen Z and millennial. But I think I technically fall into Gen Z. Something I learned, by the way, at the event we were at together a few months ago. That uh, was an awesome event. And, and as I recall, there was an awesome, uh, well, there was a panel of speakers talking about marketing to, to Gen Z. But yes, I don't want to steal your thunder or in, interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, no. But I was, what I was going to say is, you know, I always identified and thought I was a millennial until, until I attended the event. Yeah. And said, I'm technically Gen Z. And I started reading and learning more about Gen Z. And I was like, that's totally me. I'm totally there. Three month, two months later, I'm on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm Gen Z. And, uh, you know, I love TikTok for a lot of reasons. Um, for me, it's mostly a pleasure app. I'm not getting much news or information on TikTok, and that's why I like it. It's an escape. Um, what I, my favorite thing about TikTok is the ability to be discovered. It's so difficult, I think, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, to, to grow your following. It's really tough. On TikTok, you can post one video, and because of the, the For You page and the algorithm, you could be a viral sensation overnight. All that matters is your message. All that matters is that you put something out there that actually resonates with people. There's fewer barriers uh, can, that, that Instagram and Twitter can, has. That's can I tell you from experience? I'm sorry. Yeah. Did, did, you, did I not let you finish the sentence? No, go ahead, go ahead. From experience, the other channels used to be like that. I'm, I'm telling you, meaning you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 
they were more, the algorithms have changed over the years and, and organic reach is way, way, way down. I know exactly what you're talking about on TikTok. I did tinker with it a little a few months ago and maybe I was inspired from that, that Gen Z event we were at. I put a few videos up. I didn't really have fun with it. I just repurposed mainly videos I already had, but I saw what you're talking about because I quickly got dozens, if not hundreds of, of views. And I said, wait a minute, you know, I put that up on YouTube and I, you know, if I get 10, 20, you know, maybe 50 or hundred, if I'm really, really lucky views, but TikTok, they, I saw real quickly, you know, people following and liking or whatever they, they, they do there. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And I mm -hmm. wish the other channels were like that. I'm curious if TikTok over time will change its algorithm. So it doesn't work in people's favor like that. But that's how social media should be. And I think generally that's how it is. But I'm telling you, algorithms, because of paid advertising, has changed, has pushed organic reach down. So the average person, it's hard or harder to get discovered because they want you to pay to advertise. So then you'll reach more people. Right. And that's actually part of what I'm working on with my clients now. I have one, the, the clothing apparel client that I have, I'm doing a little bit of stuff on TikTok for them. And they're also interested in investing in TikTok ads, TikTok for business, which they yeah. recently kind of unveiled more concretely uh, into the world. And so now I'm looking at how, what's the ad spend? Who's it going to reach all that stuff right now and figuring out, you know, if that's a worthwhile investment, which I think it is. Um, and, and, and I think another perspective that I provide that's useful to people is understanding what all these trends are, right? You know, if you're mm -hmm. trying to sell uh, I don't think you can go in front of the camera and say, buy this t-shirt because X, Y, and Z reasons. You got to know what are the trending audios on TikTok? What are the memes that are happening right now, right? Because mm -hmm. that's just a uh, uh, pleasure user in my personal life. Um, I have some insight as to what's really working right now and can apply that to some of the more business side things that I'm working on. Yep. And, and, and I'm looking as, as I speak, as you speak, because I want to find a tweet I put up. You just said that, you know, knowing what the memes are, and yep. see if I can show this fast company. I just tweeted this. It's probably hard to read. Um, how it started versus how it's going has become the all purpose meme of 2020. Right. And I saw this, I don't know, a week or two ago, maybe three weeks ago, how it started, how's it going? And I thought, oh, that's one individual doing that. Then I kept seeing it over and over. So that's an example when you say, what are the memes? What are the trends? a brand or business, and they probably already have, could jump into this conversation, how it started, how's it going, and, yeah. and get into the conversation. You Go ahead, Chris. Right time so that it's authentic. That's the key, doing it at the right time. What you don't wanna do is it be two weeks after the trend is over. That's the thing with these things, they're quick moving. And so, you know, you could do something that's maybe a little bit after it's time as a brand and come out completely inauthentic. And I know there's tons of examples of that. I don't know any off the top of my head. I, I'm gonna think of one. Trend, but it's too late. Do, do you mean if I got out on my in my skateboard and and drank some ocean spray cranberry juice, singing uh, Fleetwood Mac dreams, I'd I'd be too late to the party. You know, it's so funny you mention that because I was on the phone with uh, one of the VPs of marketing at Ocean Spray a couple weeks ago, and uh, the guy and his team were responsible for um, sort of Ocean Spray's response to that to that meme. And so wow. I. I great conversation. I don't think I can share everything into, but in some of the insights of what him and the team did. And the one thing I think I am allowed to share is they waited a little bit. He said, he said, we, we, we saw this posted and we didn't just do a TikTok back five minutes later. We actually waited. 
And what he was telling me was in the waiting, you had the Fleetwood Mac guy whose name I don't know. Mick, Mick Fleetwood, yep. Because I'm a big fan. Again, there, so you're Gen Z, I'm a baby boomer. Fleetwood Mac, when I was your age, was the band. So I grew up in my prime formative college age years listening to Fleetwood Mac. I love them. So, yeah. but go on, go on. There's people in your age category, like, how does this kid not know who they are? And I'm like, I know who they are, but I don't know the guy's <laughs> name. So apologies. But they waited. And then Fleetwood Mac dude uh, hopped on it. Mick Fleetwood, yep. Mick Fleetwood. And it, and it blew up even more. And then yes. when the came in, it was authentic. Yes. It sense. It was timed right, right? Yeah, they, timed right. they gave the truck to, to him, right? And right. then Stevie Nicks, who's who, the, the female singer of, of Dreams, she did her own version too. It's like sitting on a uh, piano bench, putting on roller skates or something. And, and I love that. I'm a huge Stevie Nicks fan. I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. I, I love that whole case study. And it's an example of something I read 20 years ago in the book, The Clue Train Manifesto. And this book, you, you should look up uh, someday, Chris, as should, should anybody listening or watching. Clue Train Manifesto, they predicted what's going on now with social media. When the internet came around, uh, you know, around the time you were born, <laughs> you're a digital native. When the internet came around, this book came out a few years later, Train Manifesto, and it said, come down from your ivory towers, businesses, and, and join the conversation, inject yourself into the conversation, because it's taken place whether you know it or not. And again, this was even before social media. So they were prescient in, in seeing what is happening now. What you just said, perfect example, Ocean Spray, not in their ivory towers. They're paying attention to what's going on on TikTok and strategically waited a little, smart, then jumped into the conversation and it was authentic, genuine, but it was extemporaneous and it was, yeah, a little bit, hey, this could also help us. And that's the win-win, that's the quid pro quo that, that businesses should all be mindful of in this day and age. You can't be, you can't be blind or, or oblivious to, to what's going on online. You have to be part of that conversation. That's right. And the one other thing I would say about that is to kind of put a button on it is you can't just speak to Gen Z. You have to include them in the conversation. You have to speak with them. And I don't think enough companies are doing that. And one uh, company that I'm really admiring right now is called Juve Consulting, J-U-V Consulting. Not sure if you've heard of them, but they're actually a Gen Z run company. The CEO is a senior at Yale right now. Oh, I love it. Love it. Made up of all diverse Gen Z voices. I think the oldest person that works there full time is probably like my age, like 23, 24. Uh, and what they do is they advise brands on their marketing campaigns. So a brand, I think one of the brands they worked with was like Jan Sport, and they recently released a backpack and they wanted to do a TikTok campaign around it. And instead of saying, what do we think the kids like sitting on the ivory tower and saying, what do we think they might like? They went straight to them and they said, Jude, can you help us put together a campaign that's actually gonna resonate with your audience? Tell us what you think. And when you invite Gen Z to the table, I mean, it pays off in spades because you have to include people on these conversations rather than try to speak to them. You know what I'm saying? And that's why yeah, I'm consulting. And I would suggest anybody who's listening, check them out just for all the great work that they're doing. I'm going to look them up. Did you say J-U-B? J-U-V. J-U-V. Juve, like rejuvenate. Juve. Gotcha. Yeah. J-U-V. I will check them out. I will find them on social media and and follow them, if, if assuming they're active on social media. You know, yeah. 
you remind me, I've always joked to my kids and, and now it's all coming true. I, I said, when you grow up and, and you know, get out of college, you're gonna be you know, ruling the world, if you will. You're, I'm gonna be coming to you for, for advice and, and for jobs and I want you to be my, my clients and it's all coming true. It, you know, Gen Z, and I hope it comes true on uh, Tuesday, election day too, Chris, Gen Z is going to change the world. And I hope the votes from Gen Z will, will hopefully change things for the better in, in our country. But we won't go there down the, 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 the lane of, of politics. But let me ask you, uh, back to marketing, um, influences. Uh, there are individuals, if, if you will, all companies, you, you mentioned JUV, Juve, um, as a company, what about any individuals who have inspired you, motivated you, or are you go-to in terms of advice and, and, and trends? You said you got to keep up on the trends. How, how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, um, it's funny just to go back to TikTok quickly. I know some people, you know, I've, I've obviously read my Seth Godin and I read my HubSpot blogs and all that good stuff, but actually TikTok more recently has become an inspiration for me. There's other people that are social media consultants, brand consultants, young, young people that actually are posting what they're working on, what projects they're doing, what resources they're using online. And I've used like half of the things I've discovered organically on TikTok. And now I follow these people and I see all their things all the time. I got to get, I got to get my, you know what, back on TikTok because I was, I was there last spring and I said, I said it wasn't really paying off, if you will. I get so many channels I'm on already, but I got to get back on there. Yeah, spend 30 minutes a day, right? When you wake up or right before you go to bed, which probably isn't a good habit if you talk to doctors, but it's what I do. 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night right wake up right before i go to bed and uh it's funny it's interesting and i actually do learn some new things from tiktok so that's where i'm getting most of my uh my inspiration from and i do have a few mentors in this space that are also kind of consultants that have been really helpful in providing me advice uh you know i look at their websites i look at how they're marketing themselves i look at their career and and try to use those as sources of inspiration for me as well i look at who's doing it right or who i think is doing it right and try to identify what what's making it what's making them resonate so much right now. And I think those are inspiration sources that I look to as well. So if, if a younger group is, is listening or watching, and I mean, younger than you, even um, students, what would your advice to them be about preparing themselves for the real world, air quotes, if you will? What is the difference between what you're doing now and just two, three years ago? What, is, it, is it harder, easier, more fulfilling, scarier? Yeah. All of the things um, you, don't really, you just don't know until you get here. I mean, college for me was such an incredible experience. I love my experience at, at, at Boston College and I've made such great friends and such great relationships with faculty administration. I keep in touch with everybody to this day. Um, I love my college experience. And like people say, it's like you're living in a bubble where it's like you'll only get one chance in your life to experience what you do in college. Uh, and, and really make the most of it while you're there. Join the clubs, go to the concerts, do the, all the things, do all of them because you're never gonna have that opportunity again. I think the thing I missed most from college was living in a, in a suite with eight other people where people are always going in and out. There's always stories being told, uh, things happening. When you're you know, home with your family, when you're a consultant working yourself or even at a new company uh, with a the team, there's, there's less of that. There's less of the kind of social opportunities that college presents and, and that's natural, that's, that's okay. So my advice is always enjoy those moments as best as you can. My other piece of advice for students is 
sort of the advice I took for myself is just create, right? Don't be so focused on, you know, I have to, I want to be here in 10 years. So I think I have to do this position, which leads to this position, which leads to this. You can't think like that because the world is in flux right now. Jobs are in flux. You have to be flexible along with it. And one thing that you could always fall back on is your own talents and your own skills. So, you know, God forbid you were ever, you know, to get laid off from your job. If you had your own consulting business, whatever, at the ready, you had the skills of you could do paid social ads or you yep. could mm-hmm. help people on TikTok, whatever it might be. To be able to fall back on those own, your own skills, I think is something that's really important. So my advice for students is just create. If you're still looking for a job, you're in between jobs, you haven't had the internship yet, start putting stuff out there, articles you've written, yep. right? things you've made. Start making now so people can see what you're made of and be more likely to work with you. Totally agree, Chris. It's, it's, it's fantastic advice. It's, it's again, how I thought back in the day, I think I came up with some of that thinking on my own because we didn't have the internet, but I was freelancing. I was creating. I've always been a creative guy, right? Right brain. Now more than ever, you have the opportunity. Younger people do because of social media, because of the internet. And during the pandemic, you need all this technology to get the word out there about what you can do. I wanted to mention my, my other son. I mentioned my 21 year old, who's literally going to be in, in this house in an hour or two. He's coming back from UMass Amherst for for the weekend, a senior at UMass Amherst, where I went to school many years ago. But my 24-year-old, Scott, is like what you, you, you are describing. He didn't go to college. It wasn't for him. He is independent and has his own business. He's, he's Well, he, he's an independent contractor. He does do work for another company right now, but he can do independent work on his own as well. He loves what he does. He's great at what he does. And a lot of what he does, he's self-taught. So he's in construction, he's a carpenter, but he's also a musician, a drummer and, and a fantastic band, a little, little plug for Buddha Fly, they're a reggae band, and he's the drummer and he's self-taught. So this is the gig economy where you can do whatever you want to do. And some of what we're talking about today in this episode, I think is extremely relevant, meaning have the, the courage to, to do it, have the ambition to, to see it, and, and, and go after it uh, and, and build the skills on your own. You don't have to be formally taught. I mean, in your case, Boston College, me, UMass Amherst, but hey, my son, Scott, no college. He's doing it on his own. Anybody can do anything if they put their, their heart and, and mind and, and, and time and what they have for talent, if they put all of that together and work at it. And, you know, you're certainly an example. And, and again, my kids are examples and like to think I'm an example too. You know, a lot, a big part of us is self-made, if you will. Right, right. And having that self-starter attitude, that entrepreneurial spirit, I think those things will take you very far. But you also have to recognize that not everybody's like that. Not everybody wants to go to college. Not everybody, Mm -hmm. they don't enjoy their college experience. There's plenty of people like that. Plenty of people who do want to go to a job, maybe that's more of a nine to five. Yes. They're not interested in, you know, creating on their own. And that's okay too, right? That everybody can, can find and measure their own success. Um, but for people like, I think you and me, Bob, you know, that, that's what we thrive for, right? We want to land the new client, the new team. Oh, yeah. Excited by the opportunity to inject our experience and our knowledge into somebody else, somebody else's brand and also, you know, learn from them. So um, that's what excites us. And then, you know, therefore that's what we should go after. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Hey, Chris, I need to ask, you know, you're a hard worker like myself and, and working many hours. I'm sure 
because you love it and, and, and I do too, but we got to have fun and, and some downtime. What do you do when you're not working? If you don't mind me asking uh, and don't mind sharing it with our audience. Yeah, I think the one thing this work from home thing has done uh, before I even opened my own sort of consulting business was the, the lines between uh, work and leisure are very much blended and I'm working in bed and then I'm outside working and uh, it's, it's all mixed together. And so it's very mm -hmm. tough and mm -hmm. I find windows of which also I'm just like not looking at screens because I'm realizing I'm looking at screens from sun up to sundown. So what do I do for fun? You know, First and foremost, I try to get out there. Today's a snowy day. Probably after we get off this, I'm gonna go outside to just put on the boots, put on the winter jacket and experience it for the first time. Mm -hmm. I dread having to do it for uh, months and months and months, but it's kind of exciting for the first time for some reason. No, I agree. Everyone's saying that on social media and, and, and I gotta do the same thing. I have not been outdoors yet. Yeah. I gotta get out there despite the fact that it's still snowing. Jeez, October 30th. I didn't think it was gonna stick, but um, anyway, so yeah, going outside, going on walks when it's warm enough, going on bike rides, I love to do that. Um, I like cooking. Um, I made the best chicken gyros. I'll have to send you the recipe after this uh, the other day oh. where like it up to no other chicken gyro I've ever had. Even those really good ones from like those food carts. I'm from New York. So I would get those like gyros from the food cart even better than that. It is and so funny like you mentioning gyros and you now you got me real hungry because my wife and I, I wish I knew the name, remember the name of the place, but in Boston last weekend, it was right near where we parked our car and it was a fast food gyro place down near the theater district. So, so good. We got them and ate a little bit of them on the way home and had leftovers for the next day. But yeah, so you cook your own. Those must be awesome. Yeah, cooking, cooking that at home, that was good. I make a mean chili in my Instapot, which my aunt got me. And so I try to use that as much as I can. And then also just hanging out with friends as much as I can, you know, obviously relegating to kind of a pod of only a few people that I'm seeing because you really have to be careful. But, you know, grabbing outdoor drinks with somebody or going over to my friend's apartment, binge watching some Netflix series. Love that. Um, yep. You know, I, I think those, those, those are the things that I do to try to make the time go by and escape from the work life just a, just a little bit. Awesome. So let me ask, is there anything else I, you want to talk about that I haven't asked? That, that's how I try to wind up my, wind down my interviews. I, I don't want to try, I, I want you to realize it's an open floor and if there's anything else you want to say to people, you feel know, free. We covered, we covered a lot more ground than I thought we were going to in this 50 minutes or so that we've been talking so far. Um, I think we've covered a lot of it. And, you know, one thing that I would say is, you know, people are, are interested in chatting with me or reaching out to me, you know, uh, find me on my website, russostrategicpartners.com. You know, that's where you can find me. I'm also on LinkedIn, Chris Russo, the guy with the Gail King cover photo on. So you can't miss that. And uh, that's, that's about it. Chris, amazing. You, you help brands elevate their online presence and you've helped me elevate the, the, the quality of Bob Cargill's marketing show today by being such a ridiculously awesome guest. And, and no, you're, you're amazing. And, and, and kudos and props to you for everything you've accomplished so far. And, and I'm, I'm wishing you well, thinking of you and, and especially during this pandemic, I'm, I'm thinking about anybody and everybody who's watching and listening right now, because these are not easy days. And, you know, <laughs> with the snow and, and the day, what is it, daylight savings time or whatever, this mm -hmm. Sunday clocks are gonna be, uh, what do they, push back or push, push back, yeah. 
I, I have no we, concept of time anymore, just in general. <laughs> I know, you know what? We probably won't notice it that much anyways, because we're in our hoses all the time anyways. But, but uh, it's going to be tough to get through this winter with the pandemic and, and darkness and the cold. But, but as, as we said at the beginning of the show, the glass is half full and mine still is literally half full, um, as is yours. Chris, thank you so much. Appreciate thank it. You've you. been an awesome guest. And, thank you and you're most welcome. Thanks to anybody. I should say everybody who's listening. Thanks to everybody who's, who's watching. This has been Bob Cargill of Bob Cargill's Marketing Show with my guest today, Chris Russo. Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. And I will be back to talk to you again with another great guest like Chris Russo, but somebody else the next time around. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.